0: risen. Happy resurrection to everyone. Today we are traditionally celebrating victory over sin and sin's consequences. Basically, religions teach us in some form or the other that there is some form of life after death. Christianity, on the other hand, is the only religion that teaches the certainty of life after death. And that is because of Jesus' resurrection that validates and verifies that truth. The best news pertaining to humanity the world has ever received is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank God for Good Friday because Good Friday frontloads Resurrection Sunday. The biggest and the most important story in the world is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that has been revolutionizing and transforming lives ever since that day. Good Friday only becomes good three days after horrible Friday. Of all the action-based messages in the universe about God's love, there's one that matters the most, and that is the reason for the debt and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection sealed God's confidential love. When we want to be shown who we are in God's eyes, we need not look further than God's action on the cross and what happened three days later. Romans 5, 8 reads... But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Translation, not someone else's love, but God's love that fulfills all the tenses of sin, the past, the present, and the future. The cross shows how helpless we are when Christ suffered for us, paying the penalty for our sins. And the resurrection shows what we have become when Christ imputed his righteousness on the believers. Have you defined lately your worth in Christ? It's a good reminder in this Easter season, especially today as we celebrate God's grace, you and I are so loved and valued beyond measure that God gave His only begotten Son to die for our sins and to give us eternal life. Nothing hides God's love when Jesus was exposed in public shame for the public to see. It was a horrible Friday indeed. You see, the hate-filled religious team thought they got him. The flip-floppers, the fence-sitters, said they want Barabbas. The Roman soldiers deformed and damaged him. Beyond human likeness. They whipped him. They slapped him. They spit in his face. They punched him. They beat him constantly with their staff on his head. They destroyed him. Beyond any human likeness. He's finished, they said. He's done. Seal the tomb. Set up the guards. So that his disciples cannot come and steal his body. And they celebrate. No more Jesus. That piece of trouble is gone forever. But it was only Friday. Sunday was coming. Sunday was coming. I would like to us remember our our identity and our value as the people of God based on the basic and foundational facts and truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection validates and verifies the work of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Not of our works. You know why? Because Jesus did the work. He did the work on the cross. The foundational truth of Jesus' death and resurrection are of first importance when it comes to the hope that the believers have. There are always going to be skeptics. It started among Jesus' own disciples. They were a group of demoralized people who were shocked what has happened to their Lord and were scattered, running for their lives, afraid to be arrested, and the same done to them. So they would always be skeptics. But his own disciples had to be rebuked as was read from the Scripture by Brother Bruno after he resurrected. Now, what are some nuggets we can hang on to when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I would like to point out five things of importance. Firstly, the resurrection validates Jesus is alive. An accurate account to a high official gave way to this truth. In Acts 1, 1 1-3, it reads, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. You don't fool around when you take a report as such to a man like Theophilus, the high official. You really have to have convincing proof to address the resurrection. More eyewitnesses. The Pauline account found in First Corinthians 15, 3, 8, three to eight, my dad. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. The Old Testament predicted the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said it in Luke 24, 44. That the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms spoke about him. And that he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Then he appeared to James. Paul said most of them are still living. So those skeptics at that time could go and check it out. They could go and ask the ones living. Some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also, that is Paul, as one abnormally born. Abnorm, abnormally born in the sense of regrets. Here, the Apostle Paul fought against what he now believes and willing to suffer and die for it. He's convinced. To top all of that off, Jesus himself spoke. I am the living one. I was dead, and now I'm alive alive. Forever and ever. Revelation one eighteen. Now why is the resurrection is of first importance? Because the resurrection validates the forgiveness of sins as well. Preaching the gospel will be useless if it's not based on the truth. We will be false witnesses like drunken men and women holding on to straws with a false faith and a false hope. And therefore, we'll be false representatives of God and His Word if the resurrection did not happen. In First Corinthians again, 15, 14 to 18, Paul doing damage control to lingering false teaching. And if Christ has not been raised or preaching, is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then to be found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead... But he did not raise them if in fact the dead are not raised. Paul is doing damage control. of false teaching. If the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. The resurrection validates the forgiveness of sins. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ's loss, they will have no hope if Christ was not raised from the dead. Thank God Jesus proved to be the resurrection and the life when he raised Lazarus from the grave. And he gave up, when he gave up his spirit on the cross and said it is finished, the earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs opened, and the saints raised to life. We didn't have to wait until we to know that when Jesus raised from the dead, that he was resurrected. He is the resurrection and the life. That's what he told Mary. When Mary said, Oh, my brother, I know he'll resurrect on the last day. Mary, 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 no, I'm here. I am the resurrection and I am the life. I'll do it now. He is the resurrection and the life. Why the resurrection is of first importance, along with Jesus being alive and the forgiveness of sin? Because repentant sinners are made alive. We are made alive in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20, 23, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all die, so in Christ, all will be made alive. Amen? But each in turn, Christ, the first fruit, then when he comes, those who belong to him will follow. How happy are you when you plant a tree and you see that first fruit comes forth. And you see all those blossoms and you know there's more fruit to follow. First fruit is a religious offering of the first agricultural produce of the harvest. Jesus is the first fruit of the harvest. Hence, The first fruit of blessing from the dead is the resurrected Christ and those who belong to him will follow. That's the blessing of the resurrection. We are made alive in Christ because he lives, we will live too. The resurrection of first importance also because the resurrection destroyed all powers and enemies. The resurrection loose the enemy's handcuff. Lose the handcuff of the repentant sinners. Jesus owns the key to unlock the handcuff. I am alive forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and heads. That's what he said. The last enemy conquered and destroyed is death. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Yes, we all are destined to die. But it will only be a temporary death until the resurrection happens. Fifthly, the resurrection brings forth a glorified body. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he wrote, here's a report. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. How fast can you do that? Bam, it's gone. Twinkle of an eye. Seems impossible to us, but with God, all things are possible. In a flash, in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and immortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up by victory. Amen? And when you move down a little further in verse 58, the same chapter, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Scripture interpret Scripture. Colossians 3:23:24. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. So the importance of the glorious resurrection are, Jesus is alive. And because he lives, believers will live also. Two, there is forgiveness of sins. Three, dead sinners are made spiritually alive. We're born again, born in you. We're a new creation, new creature. Fourth, death is conquered. Five, believers will have a glorified body. That's what the resurrection did. Confirm. Add it to all of that, there's some things. I like to give to you to keep in mind on this resurrection day going forward with hope first is our identity you are a new creation having the indwelling spirit it begins here on earth and continues into Jesus kingdom throughout eternity eternity Using the theological term, you are in the already, but not yet. We are to glow, having the indwelling spirit. We are the salt and the light of the world, demonstrating the fruit of the spirit. Wherever we are, we are the temples at work. Be it at school, in our communities, in the mission field, in our businesses, we are to glow in in the midst of difficult times because we have the indwelling spirit. Tell your stories. Tell your stories as a safe saint. We do have challenges and struggles, like any other person in the fallen world. We do not escape hardship and struggles, but with the Lord's help, we can cope. The Bible calls them our momentary battles, because our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far Outweighs them all, all your struggles that we go through. How secure is the believer's hope? How secure? Romans 8:21:39. What then shall we say in response to these things? What things, all his sufferings? The battles, the challenges, the circumstances, the, persecu- the persecution if you live as you live for Christ. They are not in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in you. If God is for us, who can be against us, the apostle says. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How he will not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. God will meet your needs, Christians. God will meet your struggling needs, regardless of what you're going through. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. You might not realize, but Jesus is interceding for each one of you. You're not alone in your challenges. In your battles. In your circumstances. You're not alone. Jesus is in the season for you. And when you can't, you don't know how to pray. Oh, with those groans, the spirit in the season groans for you, pray for you as well. You're never alone. Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness? or danger, or the sword, as it, as it is written. For, you, for your sake we face death all day long. Apostle Paul is speaking what he himself went through, or is going through. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Saints, brothers and sisters, In Christ, take note of the Scripture. The Apostle Paul ransacked the whole universe trying to find something, trying to find anything that will be able to separate you, the believer from Jesus Christ, and couldn't find anything. Nothing. How safe and secure are those in Christ who put their trust and faith in God through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus' death and resurrection did for repentant sinners. So matters of first importance starts with Jesus' death and resurrection. Because he's alive... And he resurrected. He forgave sins. He restored us. You see, Jesus is in the business of makeover, you know? I'm not talking about the makeover that the COVID is stopping the salon from all the makeover stuff, right? Jesus is in the makeover business. When we give our lives over to him, the art and the perfecter of life, he does a makeover. We have hope. The resurrection is about hope. With disruptions, challenges, global chaos, this pandemic, and the corruption in this world, nothing is guaranteed. The resurrection is a guaranteed inheritance believers have coming following the first fruit, Jesus Christ. And it comes with a new residence. Jesus said in John 14, 1-3, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, also trust in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If they were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you with me, to be with me. That you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. He said to his disciples. The resurrected Christ. Prepare a place for you and me. And is also interceding to the Father. On our behalf daily. You are not left alone. So what we have to do. Embrace Jesus in our daily lives. Keep embracing Him. He's there for you, He's there for me. Don't go about life daily without Him. As believers today, you are in good standing as a citizen of the new kingdom because of the resurrection. Of Jesus Christ the first fruit for those who do not know Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord he said I am the way I am the truth I am life no man comes to the Father except through me you may be in some form of bondage you might be tethered with some habits some weakness Religious obligations. You can be set free. The scripture says, "If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed." It is the resurrection church, is it the resurrection saints that separates Jesus from all others who have been crucified? It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that separated Christianity from other religions, philosophies, and belief systems. The resurrection is what stands between them all. It matters not whether one is rich or poor, respected or scorned, their social status and ethnicity, all those things are irrelevant. Jesus will do a makeover to anyone who is willing to hand over their life to him. He will renovate your inside, giving you a heart of flesh and removing that heart of stone. And he will prepare you to stand before God justified at the judgment seat. That's why he can say, come unto me, all you who are weary and heaven laden. And I will give you rest. Jesus will give peace. Jesus' presence in your heart will fill you with countless reasons for gratitude. He will bring the ability to live with purpose and with energy. He will cultivate joy in your heart in the midst of all circumstances. In both times of celebration and times of trouble. On that Sunday morning, grief was overturned to joy. Jesus' resurrection accomplished what he set out to do in bringing sinners back to God and to give a new life with clarity, purpose, and an inheritance to follow. It was a horrible Friday. But then Sunday came, and that horrible Friday became Good Friday. He is risen indeed. God bless you and your family, and have a wonderful resurrection day. Amen.